Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. We're continuing the free series. This year is all about the one. One is not a big number unless it's yours. If I can't find one of my kids, it doesn't matter how many other kids I have, I care about that one. God cares about the one. Healthy me leads to healthy everything, so I am the one for the one. And how God wants to shape and mold this one holistically. The game is me versus me and we versus we. That it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It just matters about what God wants to do in me and what God wants to do in us. There's a lot of great things happening in the world, but here's the thing. We're a part of this right now. Stop comparing thinking that what somebody else is doing is better. And this applies to all areas of our life. And maybe you've heard the, the, the quote, uh, comparison is the thief of joy, but identity is the fullness of joy. There's nothing more attractive than a king's kid who knows who they are. And who we are is defined by whose we are. All right, there was like four tweetables at the beginning there, yo. Like, <laughs> there were so many, what? Um, um, Lansing doesn't have a huge Twitter following. Uh, that's what I noticed. There's not a lot of people tweeting, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. You know what I just did right there? I played a game. How long could I be quiet before it got awkward? <laughs> and I count on my head sometimes. So I'll do, if I'm in a prayer circle or whatever, and, you know, if anyone else got anything to share, I'll do a countdown so I can close. Because you want to give space for people, but at the same time, it can go on and on and on and on and on. So when there's a pause gap, I'll be like, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Sussman talks. Dang it. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. Oh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 3, 2, 1. Okay, in Jesus' name, amen. That's what I do. That's what I do. You got to have games that you play with. You know, and uh, just keep it, keep it going, keep it going. Um, Easter was awesome. Last week was awesome. 80 people started their journey with Jesus. We want those people, though, to stay close. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a day, but it was a life. Where Hebrews 13, 8 shows us what uh, this looks like. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Life can feel volatile. It can have ups. It can have downs. We can feel that we're excited. Sometimes we can feel depressed. When the sun's out, we're happier. Especially, do you realize we don't get that much sun? Mid-Michigan is one of the least sunniest places in the nation. 
How's that buzzkill for us? <laughs> One phrase I've started to come up with is the sun is always shining somewhere. The sun is always shining, but not just the S-U-N, the sun S-O-N is always, always shining because he's the same. So he's the constant in the equation of my life when it feels up, when it feels down, that Jesus Christ is the same. We're not building this thing on me or you. That's so good. He's the foundation. He's he's the rock. He's the cornerstone. Now, cornerstone was a term that, that you would use in building that there was no laser lines back in the ancient biblical days that the cornerstone would set the trajectory for a whole building project that Jesus sets the trajectory for our lives, that he's the center of our lives. Last week, we celebrated that he's alive. And I want to take us to Acts chapter one. So Jesus rose from the dead and he's giving some last instructions to his followers after Easter. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? It's a very similar question to what we feel. All right, God, I gave my life to you. Why isn't everything changing? I want you to change everything now. Now. When are you going to rule? When are you going to reign? When are you going to get all these Roman rulers that are oppressing us out of office? What's happening? The rule's horrible. Do you see what they do to your people? Come in power now. And it's a very understandable thought because here's Jesus alive. The king is here. Whoa, the king is here. But when we're making decisions on earth alone, we will miss the priority of how God is trying to transform our focus to a forever focus. Now, God is not mad when we have um, blessing of riches or when we can enjoy the amazing, abundant things this earth has to offer. He's given us good gifts to enjoy, but not that they would replace the giver, the gift giver. And here's how Jesus answers them. He's like, hey, slow down, little buddy. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But here's what I want you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, in Lansing, in Ingham, in Michigan, and to the ends of the earth. And he said these things. As they were looking on, he was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. And when they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus came. Jesus rose. Jesus left us with some instructions. Jesus ascended. Jesus is coming back. We don't have to focus on that. So what did he give us with? He said, go out and be a witness. Go out and be a witness. There's this uh, Christian um, Christian movement and I think it's healthy it's a response to people on the corner just saying hey accept Jesus now and sharing and sharing and I'm going to witness I'm going to testify and so this new kind of movement and culture right now is well I don't have to really say anything to you I'm just going to let my good works shine and yeah yeah that's true but to be a witness we still have to say something we have to tell somebody I heard one preacher say, if you saw someone was going to enter the firing range, 
and they had, you know, the Bose headphones on, they can't hear nothing, would you warn them? Would you tell them? And then would you tell them, not just just the bad news that you're going to, hey, you're going to be shot. But the good news is there's a force field for that, that you could go back to the range and walk with the force field that no longer are we condemned by our sin, that we have now been transformed, that we're brand new. So witnesses is our job. And you see this battle play out in Revelation 12. Now, Revelation is an amazing book. There's been very unique energy and preaching on it that focuses more on trying to understand all of the interpretation, and though that's great, but there's a few for sure core things that we can land on, that Jesus is radically concerned, consumed and concerned about his church and what's going on with his people. He loves his people, that he is uh, glorified and he is the victor, that that he's passionate about, that he's going to rule and reign forever. And then the battle of how that all plays out, and then one day he's going to make all things new. And then you insert all of the ligaments in between that, and we get lost in some of the loopholes. But I think we'll see some, some, a beautiful uh, point here in Revelation 12. Now, reading this, it reminds me of Avengers. In Avengers, I have tomorrow tickets, IMAX, 2 p.m., and I promise you... I'm more passionate about this now than tomorrow. But it's only because I prayed this morning. Now, I'm excited to go see Endgame tomorrow, all of three hours. I think I'll fast in the morning so I don't have to leave for a bathroom break. Um, I have a really small bladder. I find myself in the, in the bathroom often with everyone over 60. Like, you're here again. You're here again. I have a couple of theories why, but we'll save that for another day. <laughs> um, so check out this language, though. It seems almost Marvel-esque. And the great dragon was thrown down, verse 9, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brothers has been thrown out. He accuses them day and night before our God. One of the best takes I heard on this was, Satan knows he has no authority over Jesus anymore because Jesus is victorious. Christus victor. He is risen. He's alive. So I'm not even going to bother him for a minute. You know who I'm going to mess with? What he cares about most, his heir, his kids, his people, me and you. That's why, don't you feel discouraged at times? You hear a voice. The enemy is accusing us day and night. Do you really know God? Was last week real? What I always find interesting is the Easter kind of highlight. I love it, okay? Like, embrace it, Super Bowl Sunday, all of it. Yes. But then also the following week, right? It's always great. Um, it's okay, there's just a little less people here. And that's fine, that's not knocking anybody. Well, it's all good. Like, people have lives, they have busy, it's all schedules. But, but there is a, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a warning that we gotta be aware of because Jesus isn't just there for just a victory moment. We gotta remember Jesus through all of the movement of life, right? And, and he wants to be the God of our rhythm, the God of the process, the God of everything, lest we be somebody that's just like, God, show me the signs and wonders. There's this crazy chapter in John 
where in chapter six, where Jesus has these crowds, he has these people, everyone's so excited. Look at what he's doing. And then he, he starts getting real on him. He's like, look, if you're going to follow me, you got to eat of my flesh and you got to drink of my blood. Like you, have to, you have to basically become all of me, willing to die, willing to sacrifice, go all in. And then in John 6, 66, it says many disciples left him that day. What? Disciples left? What? How? It's made me think about us many times. How do we overcome that? Well, verse 11, and they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. Like they love not even their lives, even unto death. It's like, you can kill me, but you got to stand before God. Like that's deep. That's powerful. What a powerful way. So how do we stay on track? How do we not make it a moment? Christianity is the only sport that if you took off a month, you could be so far from the starting place. Come on, we relate to that. It started so small. I just quit going to church. I quit reading my word. I quit waking up in worship and ah. Oh, and I didn't, it didn't affect me at first, but then over time, I found myself in a place that I never thought I'd be. And it seems worse off than even when I started. But whom the sun set free is free indeed. So how do we stay free? Today is about remembering our freedom so we don't become free dumb. D-U-M-B. So we're going to remember our freedom because we don't want to be free dumb. So remembering our freedom, I want to give us four points today that I believe will help us remember this, and myself included. Anytime I'm preaching, it's always the stuff I need to hear too, so that's what's neat about this uh, journey. And when you, teach, when you teach it, you retain it more. So if you've ever wanted to uh, retain more information, I'd inspire you to lead a group. Be a group facilitator. Well, I don't think I'm equipped to lead a group. Just open up your home, open up your Bible, open up a Starbucks, open up something, invite people in. Don't act like a know-it-all. Love people, be broken, be vulnerable, and point them to Christ. It's a really, it's a really easy gig. And what happens is, is relationship, community, and lifelong friendships are forged in those moments. But number one, we are people, as we are remembering our freedom, we pay attention. We pay attention. We have to pay attention. Hebrews 2.1, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it easter message we heard god's alive he's for us let's not drift away i'm not a huge water guy but i know if you fall asleep and you're maybe at the helm of a ship or let's just say the extent of my water a canoe and you're on a canoe, you're going to drift away potentially, right? That's fair. Now, I remember being in the water one time too and uh, paying attention. I saw from probably me to the brick, so shout out to the, those in the front row. What up? Yeah, front, front, back row, whatever that is. We're at eye level. Um, and I'm looking down on it. No, I'm not. Come on now. And, uh, but eye level. And I saw a fin in the ocean there. I grab the kids, I run. No one else is running. People see the fin. And this person on the beach says, yo, 
it's a dolphin. And they're laughing. I was like, yeah, of course, it's a dolphin. They're like, yeah, dolphin is this way, but a shark is this way. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't care. I paid attention. I got out of the water. <laughs> hey, that sin's harmless. It won't affect me. That relationship, it won't affect me. I don't know. Pay close attention. We pay attention. Hebrews 12, 6, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Oh, I get to be the one that he loves. Feel good. Now, God, you want to discipline me? I'm on the team, Lord. You love me. Yeah, I love you enough to train you. I love you enough to lead you. I love you enough to protect you. I love you enough to save you from this, and I don't want you going back to it. Like, it's okay. God puts us on the end line. He's like, hey, come on. Well, a lot of times how we read this, we think he's like, all right, run sprints, right? We used to call them, um, uh, well, to be politically correct, we used to call them suicides, but they switched to man makers. But then probably to be politically correct, you got to call them, you know, women makers, women and man makers. And then, and then probably now to be politically correct, you just have to call them, just get on the end line and run, right? So no matter what, like what, when God is disciplining us, what do we think? Like he's like this? Because that's, that's how we know discipline to be? Or is it freeing? Like, thank you. All right, Dad. You know better than I do. Thank you. I want to pay attention to how you're disciplining me. I want to be focused. I don't want to get off track. Those that step on the scale daily will lose more weight than those who periodically step on the scale. What they used to think was if you stepped on the scale once a week, that would be the accountability you needed. But now what they found is daily. And now look, I know people have battled weight in all different types of ways. And um, the illustration is not about the weight. The illustration is about paying attention to reality. When I eat pizza, I have, we have a digital scale in our bathroom. When I eat pizza, when I do whatever and I eat, the last thing I want to do is step on the scale. You could think, well, hey, well, you don't struggle with weight. Well, I'll tell you this, though. Um, maybe not to the some, same degree as other people, but uh, I've been 180. And someone's like, oh, that's not a lot. But, but, but I've also been 150. So when 30, 30 pounds in a year, and I remember asking the Lord, like, how do I gain 30 pounds? Some of my friends just eat whatever, and anybody who's ever struggled with weight or any, that you know you hate your skinny friend who can eat whatever, right? And, uh, and so I'm thinking, dude, you're so annoying. Like, how do you eat whatever? And the, I felt like the Lord told me, he goes, he goes I, if you pay attention, you'll understand how more people feel. That's why I've made it this real for you. And it's been challenging to ever get back to 150 for me. I had a goal, I started out 180 this year. I'm at 168.2 today because I stepped on the scale. Um, but I was 166.3, I think, 166.3 a couple weeks ago, but I kept eating bad and I didn't want to step on the scale. When we aren't honest with ourselves, we drift away from what is going on. We have to be honest with ourselves. Who are we faking? Who cares? Who cares? We can only find freedom when we pay attention. we got to step on the spiritual scale. Let the Lord discipline us. Oh, that hurts, but it hurts so good, somebody. It hurts so good. 
Number two, we don't make hunger decisions. We don't make hunger decisions. Hebrews 12, verse 15, see to it that no one fails to obtain grace, the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up. So it's as if they're clean, but yet some bitterness can spring up and causes trouble by it. Many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau. Now, this has been challenging when I follow Esau's story. I relate with Esau, but his brother Jacob, I want to punch many times. It's okay, I've wanted to punch my own story. But Jacob is a deceiver. He's doing everything to manipulate the story, and he's even got advocate um, helping him and his mom. But Esau, in a weak, vulnerable moment, what he does is he sold his birthright for a single meal. Now, the best take I've heard on it was because Esau was so wrapped up in the pleasures of just this world, he was so earthly-focused that he could be deceived to, to, to let his whole birthright go to the side for a moment of pleasure. He could drift away from all of the goodness of God for this one moment, for that one moment. Oh, if you would have seen how he made me feel, if you would have seen how those drugs made me feel, if you would have deceived for that one moment, come on. Like, let's live this thing. Let's not just come and talk about it and we're trying to get free so we can go somewhere great 2020 and beyond, aren't we? So we look at Esau, and he sold his birthright for a single meal, and that's been many of us many times. Well, God's grace is here to meet us today, because hopefully, like, unlike Esau, where even afterward he desired to inherit the blessing, but he was rejected. He found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. And I, I, I've wrestled with this text, but I heard a scholar write that, uh, R.C. Sproul, that he sold his birthright and even when he desired repentance, he only desired to be restored in an earthly sense with his father. He wasn't trying to really be restored with his eternal father. Because if he was, God would have granted him repentance. He was still so focused on, I want, I want it back. I want it back. I want my rights back. Let's, we lose our rights for the king. Right, somebody? If you, uh, we don't make hunger decisions, so when you go shopping at the store and you're hungry, anybody know we spend more? Right? I leave with potato wedges. Maybe you remember that story where if I eat potato wedges, I almost choked on the way on the highway. Um, so if I'm hungry, I eat ridiculously fast. Uh, a couple of our kids got this. Zach, you remember when Justice, he has that gift. When we were at Maru Sushi, he eats so much. We see it on his face. He looks like he's about to pass out. And sure enough, he's going to throw up on the table. And we're like, and it's all because of the speed of eating. Speed of eating. He'll throw up many different times. Just, it's like a horse. He just keeps eating himself. Just give him the trough, you know. Well, I wonder where he got it from, me and the potato wedges. Because when I go to the store and I'm hungry, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat fast. I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend. We don't make hunger decisions in Christ. So if we're waiting for willpower, we're going to be in trouble. If we're trying to make convictions when it's late at night, I've heard like sexual purity is if we don't make the decision before it starts, it's like a it's trying to stop a moving train. You get off it before it starts moving. 
Because late at night, you start clicking, you start going places. These are what happens. And then we find ourselves off track. We don't make hunger decisions. Exodus 13 puts it this way. Then Moses said to his people, remember this day in which you have come out from Egypt and out of the house of slavery. For by a strong hand, the Lord brought you from this place. Remember, God brought us out. Easter's real. We're free. The cage is no longer around us. We've been set free. So why would we return back to our sin? Let's go forward. And how do we do that? Number three, we remember Jesus. We remember Jesus all the time. Jesus is the answer to every sermon. In fact, we could just come and say, hey, thanks for gathering today. It's all about Jesus. Amen. It's, it's the truth to everything. Every, Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. And the scriptures are delighted to point to Jesus. Jesus tells us that all of the scriptures show us they're about him and they show about him. And who the Father is pleased to display his kingdom in the Son. What a mystery, how profound, but true. That we won't be led astray. We remember Jesus. 2 Timothy 2 verse 8, remembering Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I'm suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. So what Paul's saying is, I've suffered so that you could hear the good news. And my desire is that people will remember that Jesus is alive. You know, last week when we were celebrating 80 people being saved, in Sri Lanka, there was 290 people who died attending Easter services. You can pull up that picture. 290. They came to celebrate just like us. We celebrated people that were being saved. They celebrated people that were entering the forever home. Wow, the contrast is crazy. Well, this is the dichotomy of how beautiful God is. Even as we remember Jesus, we, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony from the power of the Holy Spirit, out of love for as long as we live, even unto death. Man, that's such a bummer, preacher. No, it's beautiful. For I desire to be with the Lord but I'm present in the body because I have more work to do. That when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. We're face to face with the almighty God. And if you've ever Googled or watched some, uh, I went, I, I died, but I came back to life stories. Anyone ever done those? Though people will talk about their fear of death being gone or someone will talk about they felt judgment. And people will talk, and others, I just felt so much peace because when we're connected with Christ, it will transcend our feelings. I want to take a moment and even pray for the persecuted church right now. Can we do that? God, um, we pray for the families. We pray for those affected by the bombings. We pray for those that are imprisoned right now because they're witnesses to you. We pray that they would have more power, that the Holy Spirit would be upon them, that they would witness greater, 
that they would not get more quiet, they would get more louder. They would have courage, that you'll catch all of their tears, all of them, all of them. None of them are going to go to waste. None of them. And that, God, you will show up in a special way for our brothers and sisters that feel alone and forgotten to let them know you see them and to keep going and to not grow weary because in due time, they will reap a harvest. In your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So if we're not making hunger decisions and we're remembering Jesus, um, how do we do this? We've got to have the appropriate things on our dashboard. And what we do is we make decisions prior from our convictions of who God is. We make decisions prior from our convictions of who God is, which means you got to do the work. I got to do the work. We can't, we can help each other out, but nothing will substitute me versus me making my own convictions in my decisions of who God is and then how I'm going to live in light of that. The cool thing is, is this is not a burden. This is a blessing. This is not pressure. It's not yoke that's heavy. It's light. When we tap into how God made us, we start to then feel real joy. I mean, real, real joy. Something no higher money could buy. So four things I think that would explode our Devo time. Um, number one is walk in our identity that I am a child of God. Remember my identity every day. You wake up stinking thinking, the accuser's here saying, you're not good enough. Today's going to be horrible. You're a loser. Do you know what you did yesterday? Well, look, God's mercies are new every day. Every day. So what happened yesterday doesn't have to carry into today. Today is ginger for your sushi eating session. Clean your palate. You are free. Someone's never ate sushi, but hopefully this will inspire you to be culturally diverse. Number two, we worship all the time. I was made to worship. Think about it. Why do we go crazy at sports events? Why do we go crazy at concerts? But I'm telling you what, we are the most reserved in church that I've ever seen. Not, not our church. I think our church is like, we're definitely maybe above average. I don't know what that says. But I mean, just, just this region, I think, is a little bit like Lansing. We're, we're more like this. We're not to the level of like Detroit, where Detroit's like this. But Lansing's like, what? We're not like the South, where it's like, hey, how you doing, brother? And, uh, but it's hard and challenging to push past our comfort zone sometimes to be like, man, God is good. I, I like, even sometimes, even when I'm not feeling it, you'll hear me, I'll shout, I'll do a clap or something. I love watching Tina up here, man. Tina's just like, yo, what? I mean, she's, you know, she's like all of five foot, just like, yeah. And um, it's awesome. I love hearing Ryan yell, Jesus. And um, I love my dude uh, serving Mike online where he's like, Jesus Christ, I love you, God. If you know him, like find your voice. That might not be your voice, but what's your voice? I know it's not all of us like this. And there's no excuse for us to not testify of his goodness. Whether we're an introvert or we're an extrovert, somebody's got to shout because if we don't praise, the rocks will cry out. Like, we are meant to praise. We're meant to worship. And then his word, it is alive. Number three, his word. That's how we keep the dashboard, keep things focused. His word is alive. It's transforming me. It's sharper than any sword. It cuts down in my soul, my spirit. When you got Christ... 
So words just jump off the page. It's like they're in 3D, 5D, 7D, 10D. I don't know what dimension. Interstellar and beyond. I mean, it's real. It's that powerful. His word is so good. It's so rich. It's not just the verse of the day. I mean, it's the living water. It's so good. We're going to be doing it in a, um, a few months here. I love my Bible. We're praying that it's caught. You know when you have somebody with a sickness, keep your space, or you might catch it? What if somebody loves something? You might catch it. What if you get around enough people that love their Bible? You might catch it. You might catch it. Uh, number four, community. We have to do this together. We're better together. This Jesus following gig is not a Rambo a sport, Rambo movie. We can't do this alone. We need each other. The interns... They had a fun day, and one of our dream team leaders, our coaches, Victoria, took them out, and they went to the escape room. And this picture says so many things. But you know they only get an hour to get out? Notice the time. They got in, out in 59 minutes and 59 seconds. Well, who are you playing? You lying. They just wanted to look cool. Like, No way. But sure enough, they got out 59 minutes and 59 seconds. And Modesto, he was at my house last night picking up some boxes because we're portable church. So um, UPS and FedEx lives at my house. They're just there all the time. Boxes, boxes, boxes. Boxes of what? I mean, paper towel, coffee cups, you name it, kids crackers. It takes a lot to get this thing going. And someone's like, man, I can't serve one time a month. Yes, you can. Let's do this, right? Jump on the dream team. Next week's Get Connected after the second service. You can be on the dream team to get connected to God and each other by the dream team. And we'll have food and child care for you. It'll be awesome. It's the first Sunday of the month. Here's what Modesto told me. Modesto said, if I would have done the escape room with the interns when it first started, we would have never have got out. He goes, because I didn't know my identity and we wouldn't have trusted each other the same way. He goes, other people on the team were solving things that I could never solve. And it got down to the last two minutes, and they solved some crazy clue. I couldn't think I could solve. They handed me the key, and everyone was around me, and they're going crazy, and he's doing the key, and he gets out 59 minutes and 59 seconds, and they get out of the escape room, and all because he said we had to trust each other. We are better together. Community. That's it. That's it. So... How do we do that? Look, we got groups here. We're starting group session in just a few weeks. How do you sign up? You get in the app and you sign up. I would jump in a group. You want to help more people do that? I'd become a group leader. Write it down on the connect card, get in the app, do something. I want to be a group leader. I want to get involved. I want to do this community thing. And the last point today um, is, is uh, to, we want to hit repeat daily and we're going to worship. I want to call the the, the team up front, the connection team, we're going to take communion today. And number four, we, hit, re, hit, we repeat, hit repeat daily. And what that means is this. You know when you have your favorite song and you want to hear it again? You're like, play it back, play it again. It's like, play that funky music. Why? But hit it again. Like, do it again. Do it again. Hit repeat. Do it again. Do it again. Jesus, church, people, community, love, worship, identity. I love it. Word, I'm in. Do it again. Hit repeat daily. Do it again. I want to hear more of Jesus. Hit repeat again. 
I, I don't want to take a day off. I don't want to take a month off. I start slacking. I start drifting away. I got to overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb. Remember in Jesus' blood only Easter Sunday, every Sunday that Jesus is alive still this Sunday. And then I'm going to testify to people. I'm going to witness. I'm going to let people know that God is good. He works through imperfect people like myself. The enemy wants to beat us down, but God wants to build us up. So we're going to take communion. And communion is remembering Jesus. It's remembering that his body was broken, his blood was shed, and that as long as we live, even unto death, we remember him. We look back to the cross, but we look forward to his return. We look back to the cross and we look forward to his return. Well, when is he coming back? We love a phrase, live today like the last, but prepare for forever. So today, I live today like the last. Well, what am I preparing for? Forever. That means we're thinking about our kids, 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 kids. If Jesus is going to return then, I'm not sure, but we want to leave something great. I might even consider recycling. Like for real. But our salvation isn't in the works. It's not in the earth. It's in Jesus, his beauty. In 1 Corinthians, it says, Paul's reminding us about the Last Supper. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance. Remember, keep it in front of you. Pay attention. Remembering freedom. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. So wait, how do I pay attention here? Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Let each one of us be even before we would take this today. Examine ourselves. Where am I at with God? Have I drifted off? Do I need to remember him? Maybe I come in this place and I don't even know Jesus. Why would he to not take it unless you're today ready to make a commitment to Jesus? And here's how simple it is. I confess with my mouth, believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. I can't save myself. He did it. He'll take all of my filthiness. He'll take all of my brokenness. He'll take all of my wickedness and he'll give me all of his righteousness, all of his freedom, and he'll do it by grace. I don't have to earn it. I can't deserve it. And that's how good the good news is. He'll make me a child. I'm not a stepson. I'm a son. I'm an heir. I'm of a promise. Who I am is whose I am. And I am brand new and I walk in that freedom. And you can do that as simply as just saying, Jesus, take my life. That's good. And today you take communion. So we're at home and we're, before we eat, when we pray, that's what grace is supposed to be. Like when we say grace, we pause, we pray. We remember his body that was broken and his blood that was shed for us. Can we do this together? Because we can't do this alone. Can we stand as a family? And you'll notice on the top here, there's this little plastic piece. We can pull that back and we'll get to the wafer. Pull out the wafer. Maybe yours is like mine. A little challenge here. Okay. I got the wafer that feels like a piece of paper. But here's the thing. It represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. Let us see. 
And we pull back the tinfoil here. And this juice represents Jesus' blood that was shed so that we could have forgiveness of sin forever. Let us drink. Can we close together with just the voices? For yours is the power, yours is the kingdom, and we'll all sing this together as one big family, remembering our freedom today. And yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever, amen. And we sing yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever, amen. And yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever amen jesus we remember you today you're so good easter sunday is amazing but we want to live easter sunday every day help us to not grow weary help us to not be disciples who walked away from you. Help us to be rooted and and able to withstand the storms of life. God, I pray that you'll knit us close, knit us close to you, knit us close to each other. Give us a deep hunger for your word, a deep hunger to worship. God, that today is a day of power. Today is a day of freshness, fresh, fresh, fresh waves over each person, fresh. Like it's fresh today. It's new. It's exciting. There's joy forevermore. God, I pray that each person will walk with a little bit more pep in their step as they leave. And to know whom the Son set free is free indeed. It's in your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you believe it, come on. Give God some praise today. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city, one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.